The text for study is Ruth, chapter 1, reading from verses 1. The Bible says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wives and his two sons. Now when you read the text, it's easy to just rush through it. It says there was a time when the judges ruled. The Bible says there was famine in the land of Judah. And the famine was in a place called Bethlehem, Judah. The name Bethlehem means house of bread. It's incongruous thereby to imply that there is famine in Bethlehem. You see, of all the places you expect there to be famine, Bethlehem is the last place. But here we find famine in Bethlehem, Judah. We find famine in a place where we don't expect to find famine. Uh, I, I like making it practical. I like making it realistic. And trying to make it easier to understand. Famine in Judah is like saying you come to the house of God and there is no sermon. As in people are just entertaining you. And I think we've gotten to that point whereby people love entertainment more than the word of God. People just want to be excited, entertained. But you tell people we need to study the word of God. We need to listen to what God has to say. Famine in Judah. Amos chapter 8 verse 11. If you read there, the prophet Amos says these words that I like. And Amos says in Amos 8 11, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will send famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, not a thirst for water, but... For hearing the words of the Lord. There's going to be famine in the land. But this is going to be a famine of people who want to hear the word of the Lord. Right now, we are living at a point in time where people are not listening to the word of the Lord. We are living at a point in time where the word of the Lord seems to be nowhere. And so, the book of Ruth, the Bible says, there was famine in the land. By the way, what do you do when uh, you come to church and you fail exams? How do you, how do you combine those two things? <laughs> Man, that's called famine in the land. You see, one of the things we expect is preachers to come and preach someone's like, you shall be the heads and not the tails. But you are constantly on the tail. <laughs> As if you are the firebrand in the morning. As in, you, you're constantly somewhere at the tail. At least for the foxes, it had fire. You, you just tail. But, but, but what do you expect? You, you see, one of the things that we mostly expect as God's children, and, and, and it happens. You know, the children of God feel like, but, but God, we are in a contract, MOU. Some, some of you threaten God. God, if I, don't if I don't pass these exams, you will see. I'm not coming to church anymore. God, this is your last chance to prove yourself with this. Now let me tell you, which God is that? My God can't prove himself with exams. That's for lecturers. 
It's lecturers who prove who they are. My God does not come to prove himself with exams. As in you can fail and he's still God. Imagine. <laughs> you think just because you fail, he has ceased to be God. Listen, my God deals with big things. Exams are simple things. He can make you pass exams. So please don't judge him by exams. The fact that you didn't pass exams does not mean God failed. Just say, I failed exams. Don't say the God of SDS can't make... No, the God of SDS is in charge. Your patron is a professor. Please, aspire to be a patron one day. But let me, let, let me come slow. No, I, I was telling you that if your patron is a professor and she's an SDA, it means that SDAs can be professors. So exams you can pass, please. Don't sanctify failure. But you know I'm humble. <laughs> ah, I told people the other day, being number last is not that you're humble. That experience is humbling in itself. <laughs> By virtue of fact, that when you find, you know, you are humble when you are number one, first class, and you don't even make noise about it. You're relaxed. Now we know you are humble. But when you have failed, please just keep quiet. <laughs> There's nothing about saying that you're humble. When you're humble, please pass exams and keep quiet. Be relaxed. Encourage people. And you pass exams, then we know you are humble. But, but there is famine in the land. There is famine in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the house of bread, there is famine. Let me tell you, it's happening here. There's another famine that is across this church. Famine for the word of God. Too many people in the church, they love everything in the church, but the word of God blank. Can we do a random assessment test of Bible study? RT. You will find ourselves blank. Those who are saying yes are just saying yes because they know I don't have time. <laughs> you will find yourself. People are in church, but they don't do their Bible studies. We have no experience with our Bibles. Please, it's high time we walked with our Bibles. We internalized our Bibles. We had biblical promises to back the things in which we believe. Let me tell you, let's go back to the Bible. There is famine in the land. And the problem is, every time there is famine in the land, people make a mistake. Ah, but preacher, what's the mistake? Read for us quickly. No, when you want to do a Bible study for an entire book, you have to be very solemn. Especially if in the morning you only did a few verses. Famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah. Now listen. Men of Bethlehem, Judah. Men in the house of God. Men in the house of bread. Please listen to me. God's children. A certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to the John in the country of Moab. 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 The country of Moab. But preacher, why do you hate on Moab? If there is food, why can't we go there? Listen, we don't hate. We follow what God says. There is bread in the house of God. And please, if I am going to die angry, let me die angry in the house of God. You don't live until God tells you, leave the house of God and go get bread from Moab. Don't just walk into Moab like that. Ah, but you're like, preacher, that doesn't apply to us. But how many of you find church boring? Okay, the, by virtue of the fact that you're here in the afternoon, you've qualified for the other category. But, but those who find the church 
Those who find church boring. Those who find church boring. Or uh, stroke 17, some of you are surviving because you are in uniform. It, it's possible. You know, there are those who are, hey, when you this Sabbath end, I wish I had not gotten uniform. But you, you have a good uniform. It's good. It's good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Wear it even on other days so that I can identify you in the streets of Nairobi. And remind you, we told you, don't leave the house of God for bread elsewhere. Now, went to Moab. And what was the argument? Church is boring. I don't get entertainment. So I'm not fed enough in this church. I'm leaving. And they left. And where did they go? They went to Moab. But what is Moab? Deuteronomy 23, reading from verses 1. It's called Bible study. In Deuteronomy 23, verse 1. What is our overall theme for the day? Let's see. What? It's all about decisions. Ah, we heard about the guy in the morning who, he had, yes, energy. But his decisions were strange. But it's all about decisions, by the way. That's what I'm still working on. In Deuteronomy 23, reading from verses 1, it says, He that is wounded in stones or has his private member cut off shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, he shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. An Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Because they met you not with bread or water in the way when you came out of Egypt. And because they hired against thee Balaam, the son of Beor of Pethor of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. Now listen. Moabites could not give you water. They could not give you even bread. But now that there is famine in the land, you are going to the country of Moab. Mm, let me tell you something. And how many of us are doing this? Just because of a small famine in the house of the Lord, now you are going to Moab. Please, relax. In the house of the Lord, the food will come. After all, it's the bread. Bread from heaven. Feed me till I want no more. Please, let me tell you, if you stay here and hang in there, hang in there, the Lord shall surely visit you with bread. He normally does that. You see, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it was planned that you will fail like three exams, then pass the final one. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> so please, if in your life, if in your life you are supposed to fail three exams, which one will you choose? Not the final one, definitely. So please relax. I'm saying, but preacher, what is your authority? Hey, I got two supplementaries. I am an authority. With the two supplementaries, and I can say, to God be the glory. Please don't leave church because you have a supplementary. What is that? It only means that the, the, the Senate thought you can give it another try. <laughs> yeah, may, may, who knows? Maybe the time when you are writing the first one, you are thinking of many things. You know, you, you know, at the university, we tend to think of things, isn't it? Can you imagine at the university, somebody refused to pick your phone call? I think you have, you have too many things. <laughs> too many. Somebody doesn't pick your phone call and you have a paper tomorrow, you will fail. It doesn't mean you're not intelligent. It only means when you're about to write the correct answer, you're seeing phone number. <laughs> so, 
So it's, it's understandable. It's understandable. But, but don't worry. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Moabites. Listen. There is no bread in Bethlehem. He goes to Moab. The people who have a history of not having given us bread when we were on the way. Just because you are heartbroken in church, it doesn't mean that you go and pick somebody out there. Those guys could not help us when we were on the way. Just wait. Moab will deal with you thoroughly. You will be shocked. Okay, but preacher, where is the text? Okay, let me read. You know you, you love texts. You're like, we can't believe you until you read the text. Now listen. In Ruth 1 verse 2 says, And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the name of the sons were Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. You did see it. Micah. Micah chapter 5, reading from verses 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata. Talking about where Jesus was to come from. Jesus came from Bethlehem Ephrata of Judah. And here we have another story. And you need to see this story clearly. Because we are about to get there. It says these were Ephrathites of Bethlehem Judah. Remember, Jesus came from Ephrata of Bethlehem, Judah. The Bible says in verses 3 of Ruth chapter 1, And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. She was left with her two sons. Beloved, don't go to Moab. People die in Moab. The husband died in Moab. Dead. You left Bethlehem because there was no food. You are losing your husband in Moab. Hey, what does it pay to have to have food without a husband in Moab? I I I I choose. Hey, I'd rather I'd rather lose my family but have food. Look at your choices. And and that's what most of us still do. You say I've I've served God. Hey, and uh, finalists, listen to me. I know you're going to say this about about Bethlehem. Don't say, oh, I've been serving God all this time. I'm not employed. This issue of the Sabbath, I don't now care. Anyone who can employ me, I will work. And so you look for any employment. And you get it. And then you're there. You're saying, you see, I told you people, don't be so strict about the Sabbath. You'll not be employed. And, and you're telling us this because we are still having famine in Bethlehem. And you feel nice because you have some food. But let me tell you. In Moab, the first year may be interesting in Moab, but the death of your husband is coming. Hey, but preacher, why are you a prophet of doom? I'm not. I've not even started. <laughs> Let me tell you, you will leave the church of God. You will leave the faith and go to Bethlehem and go to Moab. And let me tell you, in Moab, you're going to get a well-paying job. You're going to break the Sabbath, but you're going to get a well-paying job. You're going to fail to return a faithful tithe, but you're going to get a well-paying job. And you're going to say, I am smart. Here you preach about do not be unequally yoked. You say, I have looked. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. I have looked everywhere, and I have not found. You've not looked everywhere. You know, one of my favorite preachers said, don't say it. God does not exist. You have looked everywhere. 
and I can't see him. And, and, and that's what most of us say. When, when, when you're single and searching, say, oh, we've, we've checked everywhere in this church. There's no potential Adventist. Maybe you are the one who is not even a potential. But, but, but we say that. <laughs> we say that. And you know what? Let me tell you something. It's, I, I, and, and, and I like the way this preacher put it. He said that, you know, you don't go, you don't go and, and, and get to your fridge. Then you open the fridge. Then you don't find bread. Then you say, in the whole world, there is no bread. You don't say that. You say, in the fridge where I checked, there is no bread. Because in my house, there is bread. Elsewhere, there is bread. It's only that fridge where there is no bread. So please, if you have looked within these four walls and you've not found, just say, Lord, I looked within four walls and I didn't find. But God, you, you look through the whole world. So God, show me the world. He will. Please, when you're looking for a job, don't say, we have looked for a job everywhere. There is no, there is no job. There is no job. You've not looked everywhere. You've looked somewhere. Who has told you there's no job in Japan? There's a job. <laughs> People are getting employed in Cambodia. There's a job. So please, please just say, God, within the parameters where I was checking, there was no job. But God, with you, nothing is impossible. So either take me to Japan for the job or bring the job from Japan to where I can get it here. It's possible. Listen, God doesn't have to do things the way you want. If there is no bread in Bethlehem, stay in Bethlehem. Stop this issue of jumping to Moab. Lost the husband. Preacher, you're talking about death as if it is an interesting thing. No. Ruth chapter 1 verse 4 says, And the sons took wives of the women of Moab. God had warned them, but they took wives. Of the women of Moab. The name of one wife was Orpah. The name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there for ten years. Ten solid years they dwelt there. The Bible says, And Malon and Kilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Beloved, Moab is no jokes. Moab eats you up. Moab will eat all that is valuable that you value. All the valuables you have will be eaten by Moab. And the text says, the woman was left without. Hey, if I was even to stop the Bible study at that point, I would say, lesson number one, please, don't leave Bethlehem for Moab. Even when you feel like we don't have food here, just stay, hang in there. Hang in there. It is like saying, when life is tough, just be faithful. Just say, Lord, didn't you say? Do you know those kinds of sermons where when you are praying, you remind God of what he said? I like telling people that when you pray, pray biblically. Do your Bible study. Pick one of the few promises that the Lord has in his word. And when you are praying, tell God, are you not the one who said when I was younger than this, definitely it must be when I was younger than this. But when I was younger than this, <laughs> I, I, I was not yet married. I was not yet married, but I was, I'd, I'd cleared campus. Man, when you clear, leave us, let me tell you, it's tough. When you clear campus, 
Before you clear campus, you sit down and you think now, mm, what do we need? Need pocket money. You create an emergency where there is no emergency. Dad, it's tough in Igaton. It's tough. Kindly send money. Money is sent. In fact, parents at times go without food at home just to give you money so that you, 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 you know the way in campus you can create trouble everywhere. As, a, as in you tell your mother, by the way, if, if I had money, I would have passed these exams. You know, I couldn't even eat. I couldn't do anything. The next exam, your mother is like, even if nobody is eating at home, let those who are in school eat. But let me tell you, it will happen from first year to fourth year. After fourth year, when you go home, it's tough. It's tough. You, you can pick my phone number. I can send you credit. <laughs> because it's tough. You don't even have money for credit. Here right now, you have money. You can call anytime. Wait until you clear. Let me tell you, I cleared campus. I didn't have a job. I, I know you're like, oh, but you're a preacher. In Bethlehem, there is famine. <laughs> even then, even then I was preaching. Don't think, don't think that that time I was not preaching. I was preaching and I didn't have a job. I had cleared campus. I know you're saying, please choose courses that are marketable. Electrical engineering, it was marketable. I was there waiting for a job and it was tough famine but let me tell you something you know when there is famine i said learn learn to pray biblically L learn to have some memory verse memory verse that even takes you remember this time no money rent is due we don't have any food and my brother and two other young ones are in campus and they are sojourning with me so these people are living in my house. They expect me to be able to provide. That was tough. But you know what? We will sit down. And then th this verse never left my mind. The verse said, I have been young. And now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging for food. And I will say that text. And I will pray it. And I will think about it. Unbeknownst, a few people would, would work some magic. I don't know what would happen. And, and the month, would, you, you'll pay the rent. You, you, know, you, you know life is tough when paying rent is more important than getting food to eat. As in, you just want, let me just pay rent. After you've paid rent, you even sit back and relax. <laughs> Those are the days you're not convinced to be vegetarian. You're, you're natural. You just find yourself natural. <laughs> vegetarian. This issue... In fact, health message, you, you struggle with the health message because you have money. You can buy fish, you can buy chicken, but when life is tough, I know, no. You, you, you're naturally humbled, humbled. <laughs> for those of you who take avocados, me, me, I don't take, I don't take. I make my life more difficult. But for those of you who take avocados, those things become more precious than fish. <laughs> you understand? But let me tell you, I've been young, and now I'm old. And, and I would say that text. And you know what? Be careful how you pray when there is famine in Bethlehem. When, when life is tough, be careful how you pray. I remember one day praying to the Lord and telling God, God, please, I'm so badly off. If I can even get a job that will pay me 10000 I'll be fine. God is not a joker. In a few weeks' time, 
I had an interview. I went for the interview. When I go for the interview, the most difficult question they asked me was, how much do you expect to be paid? <laughs> I sat and thought within myself and said, wait. I told God last week, if I could even get 10,000. <laughs> then now, imagine, imagine last week, I was saying if I could even get 10,000. This week, I'm like, hey, now how much do I say? So I sat, I thought for myself. Th then you know the way when, when you're fresh out of campus, you, you feel like you're an engineer, you should be paid a lot of money. <laughs> so I, I sat down and thought for myself, and I wrote 50,000. After I'd written 50,000, uh, in, in a few weeks' time, I got a call. I told come for your letter. You got a contract. I went, picked the letter for the contract. My salary, 50,000. Uh, and, and I think I had a house allowance of 5,000. Then I sat down and thought for myself, now God, why did I ask for 50? <laughs> you know, in my head, I started thinking, now wait, Say, should have just told God something like 100. <laughs> Surely 50. You know, at that point in time, I even forgot previously my challenges. I first started looking at it. Wait, tithe is already 5, 10%. That is 5K gone. I have 50 left. Now, this 50 left, I have rent. I have food. I have fare. Hey, 50K is little. I started thinking, that th that's what happens. No, right now you may be thinking it's a joke. It will happen to you. It will happen to you. You'll also be preaching one day about it like that. <laughs> then, you know, I started telling God, and, and imagine you've not received your first salary and you're telling God, God, please open ways. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you start prayers like, God, expand my territory. And you're wondering, expand your territory and you are earning nothing? Anyway. I went ahead in the sermon. Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. I told you, God always visits his people. The key word, by the way, in Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 is God had visited his people. Let me tell you, famine may last for a few days, but relax. God will surely visit his people. That one I am sure. That's why I, I could say that, Lord, please. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And one day he visited me with a job. And let me tell you, God surely visits. And by the way, I need to finish for you the story. After that, the Lord was faithful, by the way. He visited me with a job. I, I did the job. I, I cried about it and told God, expand my territory. And God had, though he allowed me to... Un you, you know, God does not expand your territory before you conquer where you are. Why, why should God double your salary if you don't even know how to handle this small one? So listen. That's a very big principle. God will expand your territory when you conquer the small, you know your small area, conquer it. I, I don't know your small area. If your small area is failing exams, conquer it first. <laughs> you, by the way, how, how are you asking God to give you an A if you've not, you're still at D. 
How are you praying for an A? No, let's be realistic. Please, if you have a D, pray for C. Then pray for B. Then get an A. Do you know why God should not get you from D to A? Because we will not have rest. On Sabbath, we can't. Because you don't even know how to handle a B. How, how will you deal with an A? It, it's Sabbath hours and, and you feel like, preacher, finish quickly. I have to go revise. But you know, when, when, when the Lord progresses you from a D to a C, you come, I have a silent prayer request. I have a thanksgiving. Those are the things you say. Because you know it is the Lord who got you there. And when you land at, at a B, you're even a motivational speaker. <laughs> Let me tell you people what the Lord can do when you trust in him. <laughs> and after that, the Lord sees, okay, you've conquered B space. Then now the Lord gets you to A zone. He knows he can trust you with A. And let me tell you, it's the same thing. It's everywhere in life. Before you get a promotion at work, in fact, let me put it this way. Before you get employed, you must conquer being unemployed. Don't be desperate when you are unemployed. I can do anything as long as you employ me. That's why you become a prostitute. Because you can do anything. Please be confident. Say to God be the glory. Say praise God when you are unemployed. Until even the devil is shocked. This guy trusts in God. Even in unemployment. Let him even have an Let him be employed. And then you get employed. And then conquer, conquer every space and God will expand your territory. If you, are, if you are single, don't be desperate. Just do one. Be single and faithfully single. Be single and tell God, God, you can see. It's only me and you. <laughs> <laughs> so God, this is, this is between me and you. So God, sort it. Sort it. Deal with me. I'm, I'm dealing with horizontals, but God, deal for me with the... I'm dealing with vertical, deal with the horizontals. And God says, okay, now learn to be single and content. Not complaining. You know these people who are single and every time they are complaining. Every time they are talking badly about those who are in relationship. Please, if you are single, if you are single, don't bad mouth relationships. Maybe you've not just conquered that space. So, be, be, be single until God can see. Indeed, you are single to the glory of God. And then God says, now, that you've conquered being single, I have to give you a new challenge. Get somebody. God gives you somebody who is difficult to deal with. Difficult. <laughs> and you handle that, you handle that. They heartbreak you. And you're like, God, look, look. And God says, yes, I want to strengthen the muscles and the fibers of your heart. You say, hey, God, even if you came to heal the brokenhearted, this one... <laughs> This one is tough. And the Lord tells you, hang in there. That is Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, you will be at broken. But don't go to Moab. Stay in Bethlehem. You know, at, at least the boys in Bethlehem, when they at break you, they gently do it. I, I know there are some rough ones who at break you like, it's over. No, leave those ones. those ones. Those ones are the ones you come to church and you say, preacher, silent prayer request. So that God, God can touch them. You know, you know, you need to deal with, deal with human beings like you're dealing with a child of God. But then let me teach you something for free. These are free lessons. It's Bible said, that's why I'm teaching you free lessons. Please, when you one day get into a relationship, or if you are in one right now, deal with the person you are in a relationship with as a child of God. 
Deal with them as a child of God. You know why? The Bible says, and listen to this. In, in, in I think it's Matthew, is it Matthew 18 verse 1? Who says, be careful how you deal with one of these little ones who believe in me. It is better for you that a milestone was tiled on your neck and you're thrown into the depths of the sea than to offend these little ones who believe in me. Let me tell you, offending the children of God is bad. Some of you will fail exams consistently because you had broke a child of God. And that child of God went and cried and said, God, did you just see? <laughs> then God says, yes, my daughter, I have seen. I'm going to deal with it. <laughs> you are reading for exams? Failing. <laughs> and I tell you, God can do that. So deal well with the children of God. Deal well with the children of God. In fact, let me tell you, let me tell you, and I know you'll say, ah, but, but me, I've been at breaking them and I'm passing exams. <laughs> Be because you don't understand God. Maybe you are passing exams, but in the next 10 years, the next 10 years, you will be waiting to get married and your marriage can't hold. And you, you, you thought you were breaking people's hearts? You'll have a big problem. I'm not a prophet of doom. That was not me talking to you like that. That was me advising you. Listen, the Lord always visits. So please, hang in there. Stay in Bethlehem. The Lord will visit. And, and one thing I like about God, when he visits Bethlehem with the bread, that message will be heard everywhere. Let me tell you, you who has been suffering and things are tough and you are still in the church of God, when the Lord blesses you, they will hear. Those are the ones you, you, you hear people say, hey, did you hear so-and-so is getting married? Did you hear so-and-so is nowadays working with such and such? Did you hear so-and-so passed? Let me tell you, they will hear. Those who have gone to Moab had the glad tidings in Bethlehem. Because the Lord always visits Bethlehem. Please stay where the blessings of the Lord will come. The text says, and it's easy to read, Ruth 1 verse 7. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was, and her daughters-in-law went with her. They, now listen to this part. I want you to mark the word T-H-E-Y. I'm going to use it a number of times. I'm going to put emphasis, and I want you to see consistency. It's all about decisions. They went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each one of you to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them. They lifted their voice and wept. They, two of them, mark the words. I said it's all about decision. There's a time when you can easily go with the crowd. It is being said, we need to trust in the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Everyone can say amen when things are easy. They, the two of them, lifted their voices and cried when they were told, go back to your people. The Bible says in verse 10, again, they said unto her, surely we will return with you to your people. The two of them said that. That's Orpah 
and Ruth, they said, we will return with you to your people. Now listen to the text in verse 11. Naomi said, turn again, my daughter. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old to have an husband. And if I should say I have hope. Now that's a big statement. Even if I said that there is hope and I was to get a husband. Listen. If I should say I have hope and I get a husband tonight. And also bear for you sons. Would you wait for them till when they are grown? Now, men in the congregation, don't pretend like you can answer this question. This is for ladies. <laughs> Would you wait till they are grown? And, and listen to this, the other question. Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Beloved, let me tell you, when you go away from Bethlehem to Moab, the hand of the Lord will be strong against you. But let me finish it this way. It says in verses 14, And they, again, the two of them, lifted their voices and wept. Let me tell you, up to this point, Orpah and Ruth are doing things consistently together. They are in one accord. They lifted up their voices and wept. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clave unto her. Now listen. This is where I tell you something important. Orpah, the name of Orpah ends with that chapter. Never again are we talking about Orpah. When none of you will We'll talk about Orpah in such a big way. In fact, there's no book called Orpah. But Ruth, the Moabites, when it was said that a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, to the 10th generation, but Ruth clave unto her mother-in-law. Orpah said, no, okay. Everyone, everyone can cry, by the way. Everyone can lift their voices. Don't threaten us with lifting your voice. Everyone, it is, it is cool to lift your voice and weep. It's cool. But it takes something to go against the grain and say, I'm not leaving you. Now listen. The Bible says, Ruth clave unto her. Naomi must have said, job number one done. Let me now deal with this one alone. Ruth has remained. And she said, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and unto her gods. Now listen to that. When you went to Moab, you didn't go to the people of Moab. You went to the gods of Moab. You didn't get it. The moment you go and leave church, you go to the disco. You, you've not gone to the disco. The disco is the big thing, but you've gone to the god of the disco. The moment you leave church and you join yourself with a non-believer out there, you've not joined yourself with a non-believer. You've joined yourself with the God of the non-believer. The moment you'll say, it doesn't matter. After all, there's no difference between this day and the other. 
You, you've heard those kinds of stories? A, a day, there's no difference between this day and the other day. Wait until your birthday is forgotten, you will know. There's a difference. Here you are, oh, I don't care. Days don't matter. You know, we are not worshipping a day. But wait. You will remember your birthday, always. You'll always remember. And you, you will harass us on Facebook, wanting us to write for you how wonderful you've been living on earth. <laughs> Just wait. Wait. In fact, if people forget everything about your birthday, you will get mad. In fact, nobody remembered. Nobody remembered. For me, I, 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 don't, I don't take seriously birthdays. I only take seriously the gifts. <laughs> oh, what is big about a birthday? So people write for you a lot of flowery words. Yes, we read them. We say, okay. But, but where is the gift? Where is the gift? <laughs> anyway, anyway, my birthday is so far away. You don't even have to be stressed over it. Now, Ruth. Ruth is here. The Bible says... Orpa returned to her gods. So let me tell you, the moment you are going to sacrifice God because of a job, you have not just sacrificed God because of the job. You have sacrificed God because of the God of the job. When you are going to join yourself with the wildlings in partying and doing all those things, it's not the party. It is the God of the party. Don't forget that. So the Bible says, Look, she's gone. So please, go. And here you are saying, I will go. <laughs> Be careful, where are you going? <laughs> but this theme of I will go is a serious one. Some of you, we tell you, you need to go. And you're leaving church. You're going to the other gods. And, and I liked Ruth. Now, let me tell you something. Ruth's response shows the response of somebody who has spent time in church Somebody who has learned and had an experience in church like no other. Please, anytime you come to church, come to meet God, not the preacher. Anytime you come to church, by the way, while church is a social place, don't come here to socialize. Come here to worship. Socializing is an add-on. There's nothing wrong. And please, don't come to church and be boring and everything. I only deal with God. Please also deal with us. We are the ones you can see. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I only deal with God. I don't talk to no humans. Please, talk to us. God may have told us something for you. You never know. So please, as you interact with the, uh, heaven, please be able to contain us. Now, I want to tell you that Ruth stayed with Naomi. And Naomi impacted Ruth seriously. But it's all about decisions. Orpa decided, I am going back to my people and my gods. But Naomi had experienced, Ruth had experienced the God of Naomi. Ruth had stayed with Naomi to the point Ruth looks at the God of Naomi. And, 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 and Ruth makes this solemn statement that you've heard over and over again. In Ruth 1.16 it says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or return from following after thee. Whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. Now, beloved, let me tell you something. 
It's something else when somebody tells you, your God will be my God, so let's not argue any further. Naomi was shocked. You've been preaching to this person about the Sabbath. Now they tell you, I want to come to church. You're scared. You know those people whom they are only as serious until other serious people don't come? As in, let me put it this way. We, we, we only know that you're serious, but when you see some first year come to church, and this first year is so serious with the word of God, you start feeling threatened. <laughs> Why? If the first year is serious with the word of God, praise be to God. In fact, they challenge me to be more serious, seeing that I have been here longer. But some of us, you are good chorister. Until the first year comes, they're saying, are we are going maringo? No, it's a maringo. If they are better than you in choristering, encourage them. Please, let's just try and enable one another. Say it, your God will be my God. Oh, no, you didn't get it. Let me put it this way. When he said, where you lodge, I will lodge. That was simple. Anyone can say that. You, you, you come to a lady and you say, oh, can we go out? Yes, where you lodge, I will lodge. They can say that. <laughs> it's easy to say that. Please, don't speak for a friend. Somebody who just says, where you lodge, I will lodge. Anyone can say that. Wherever you go, I will go. And you see it. You've not seen it. They follow each other like ants everywhere, like this. <laughs> Wherever you go, I will go. I will go. You sing in the church, I will follow thee, my Savior. But you are following your friends. That is why there are people you will not find them in church in the afternoon. Why? Following their friend. Friend said, we have to go to Njoro town in the afternoon. Church says, you have to come here for afternoon session. And you wait. You say, your God will be my God. The God of Njoro town, you go. <laughs> Please, when you are choosing friends, and by the way, I'm serious, not only casual friends. I, I said, your boyfriend, your casual friends, all friends you are choosing here. Please, choose. Just know one thing. When you're choosing your friends, you're choosing their gods. So tell them, your God will be my God. So, Hey, I'm making it difficult, but next time you're asking your friend, excuse me, friend, who is your God? Because we are about to terminate this friendship. If your God is not my God, I worship Jehovah. Whom do you worship? If you're worshiping the God of money, we can't. We are not in tandem. Your God will be my God. Ah, but listen, listen, listen. Now, you know, you know, Ruth has not only been sitting in afternoon sessions. Ruth has understood afternoon sessions with Naomi. Until she says, listen, I want to tell you, I'm not only talking about the God of the living. I know the state of the dead. Where you die, I will die. And there, I will be buried. Because I want on the resurrection morning, we are rising together with you. Don't just tell me to go back to my people. You want me to go? Those gods don't resurrect people. I know the God whom you serve. And he says, the Lord do so to me. More also, if aught but death put thee, part thee and me. I like this. Verse 18 says, when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. You didn't understand? Let me expound. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded 
Beloved, in the walk with God, it is good to be determined. Determination is vital. Steadfastly minded. If you say, I will not cheat in exams, don't say, but. No, no, no. Just say, I won't cheat in exams. What says, today, supplementary is watching and it's looming large, but I will not cheat in exams. Because I know that's what we call steadfastly minded. In fact, the devil will put you into temptation. Let me tell you, th th there are some temptations. I I'm telling you this because I've also been tempted. There, there are temptations I have sat until I'm like, God, please. This one, I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to disappoint you. Steadfastly minded means when you see the temptation, you're about to disappoint God and you tell God, God, please get for me a way of escape. Here, I must have a way of escape. And God will do it. Steadfastly minded. Please, what are you steadfastly minded to do? She was steadfastly minded to go where God's presence is found. Too many of us will go where God doesn't exist. But this lady, steadfastly minded to go where God's presence is found. I tell you, it's all about decisions. Two people, Ruth, Orpah, have a decision to make. Which God will you follow? And they decide, we are going to follow the God of heaven. Let me finish the entire book in the next seven minutes or five, if possible. I'll pick for you the highlights. They arrive in Bethlehem, Judah. When they arrive in Bethlehem, Judah, Ruth says, no longer call me Naomi, for that is sweet. Call me Mara, for the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. And, 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 and he says in verses 22 of Ruth 1, Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabites, a daughter-in-law with her, which came out of the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem in the time of the barley harvest. God's timing is interesting. They came to Bethlehem in the time of the barley harvest. But listen to the text. The Bible says in chapter 2 of verse 2, And Ruth the Moabites said to Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean the ears of corn after him in whose eyes I shall find grace. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is gradon and cleanse. We Ruth asked for one thing, grace. And today, I tell all of us who are going through tough times, we need grace. All we need is grace. Listen, it's not about our rights. You know, we live in a generation of rights. Small thing and you're shouting rights. Please, here I need no rights. I need grace. Ruth says, I am a Moabites. Moabites were not allowed to enter into the congregation of the Lord to the 10th generation. But she says, I'm a Moabites. God, I just need grace in your sight. And do you know what grace is? The Bible says, as you read, that she went and found the field of, of uh, Boaz, who was a near kinsman. When she found the field of Boaz, Boaz came and found Ruth gleaning. <laughs> uh, Boaz and Ruth is another story. You know, 
Boaz finds Ruth gleaning. Please, ladies, hey, do something. You will be found, okay? Be, be active. You can't find ladies who are lazy everywhere, just sitting and taking photos on Instagram, and they want us to like. Then you want to be found by a serious guy. What's that? Please go to the field and glean. If you don't understand spiritual things are spiritual descent, go and work. <laughs> just sitting and doing nothing. Ruth was found when she was working. That's when she was seen. You are here with makeup and everything. You, 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 you can't even dare touch anything. Please, work. And then you'll say, oh, a man must be a provider. Man, you must provide. You see, Boaz even had a place where somebody can work. Please, man, go work. <laughs> men, have something of substance. By the way, I have a problem with this generation of men who are becoming lazy. Lazy. Want ladies to just love them and love them and love them like that. Please work. Sister White says that having no financial means, there is no excuse. You must have money as a guy. So right now, you finish, you finish school. That's why, that's why we tell you, don't marry when you are in fourth year. Please finish school and clear. Then go look for a job. Please. No, we, we don't want this issue of trying to make it look like, oh, you, you know, just, just sit there. The Lord will provide. The Lord provides, but look at Adam. Adam is not given a wife until he has named animals. <laughs> look. No, it's true. Please, Adam named animals. Adam did some work before. You, no, it's serious. No, guys, guys, let's talk. Let's talk like guys. But let's be serious. There's nothing named after you, nothing. At least have something named after you. You, you can't say the only thing is chief's phone. Please have something named after you. Then uh, the ladies can come and glean in the field. But ladies, you must work. You can be seen when you're working. And, and, and it's true. Boaz, Boaz sees Ruth gleaning over there. And let me tell you, work in a way that you can be seen. And listen, I said work. The problem with our generation, you are dressing in a way that you can be seen. The only thing you can market is your flesh. Nothing else. There's nothing in the head. There's nothing elsewhere. <laughs> only flesh. Please, you cannot market flesh. We are in a generation. As ladies, you must go and work. Work. Let's see you have some intellect. When a guy even comes and they want to talk to you, let them stammer. They, they, they must be able to know you have proper English. When they ask you something and it's difficult, ask them something that is more difficult than what they ask. <laughs> it's good, it's good. Let's find you active, energetic. Not just sitting there saying, just look at the way I look. Instagram, you're feeling Instagram. It's bad. You don't need that. But preacher, can you finish? You said seven minutes. That one was not part of the seven. <laughs> now listen. Listen. Boaz. Boaz comes and asks the people, excuse me, who is that lady? Who is that lady who looks at working? Eh? Who is that lady? And Boaz is told. And then Boaz comes and tells Ruth in verses eight. Here is thou not my daughter. <laughs> I like the way you start by calling them sister so-and-so. Here is thou not my daughter. 
Don't go and glean in another field. Neither go from here, but abide here with my maidens. Have I not charged, verse 9 even says, Boaz said, Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? I've warned the young men who are working here, they don't touch you. I pray that the Lord makes you powerful enough to warn young men. Now listen. In verse 10, it says of Ruth, chapter 2, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said, Why have I found grace in the eyes of the Lord that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Listen, she asked God for grace, and God provided grace the same day. You're joking with my God. Prayed. Please, before you go to work, pray. And you will find grace. You have a boss who is, who is so bad like that. You know that people who are bad than even the word bad itself. As in, you, you're looking for a description of this boss. You can't find it. You're looking for big English terminologies. But let me tell you, even such, you pray and then you go to meet them. And they're like, oh, boss, boss. Boaz talks to Ruth. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. You see, Boaz gives instruction. You see, when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19, it says how the Lord provided for the poor and the strangers. The Lord planned that when you are poor in Israel, those who are rich, when they are going to harvest, the things that have fallen, you don't pick. You hear you are. Everything you pick. No. There are some things you leave for the poor and such. Now Boaz said, Boaz went and gave instruction to the young man that now that you're going back, intentionally leave some more so that she can get. If I was one of the young men, I would have asked the boss, boss, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Ruth chapter 2 verses 20. It says, and Naomi said unto her, when she came back home, Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be the Lord God who has not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. I like God. It says, and Naomi said unto her, the man is a near kin unto us, is one of our near kinsmen. Listen. Tells Naomi that you know what? I, I like the Lord has not left his kindness to the living and to the dead. You didn't understand. Let me explain. You see, some of us think that God is only the God of Abraham, the dead. God is also the God of the living. If life is difficult for you, please tell him you're the God of the living. Deal with me in life. Now those of you say, ah, don't worry. Here we are suffering, but in heaven, please, before you go to heaven, live on earth. <laughs> There's life here. Who said that God's children must only suffer on earth? Please, there is life on earth before we go to heaven. We will go to heaven, yes. And it will be, in fact, one of my favorite preachers said that for you to appreciate heaven and eternal life, you must have been living before. At least, live a life, uh, you, you know those things whereby you're enjoying something until you're saying, if they only added me five minutes. That's how life should be. Life should be, and that's why God says, okay, you want five minutes, I'm giving you eternal. So enjoy life in Jesus. The Bible says in uh, Ruth chapter 3 verse 1, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with you? Now, Boaz 
is our near kinsman. You'll go read the whole story. Let me just summarize it. Boaz is our near kinsman. So tonight, there is going to be a, a party. There's going to be some festive feast. In the feast, you will go. Wash yourself. <laughs> that is verse what? Verse 3. <laughs> oh, now, now Naomi is a wonderful mother-in-law. Now Naomi advises the young girl, wash yourself and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee. Hey, beloved, wash yourself, <laughs> anoint thee, and put on raiment. Please be smart. This applies to everyone. Men as well, be smart. Hey, yes, dear men, you give us trouble. You give us trouble. <laughs> On Sabbath, you are easy to identify. Please be consistent. <laughs> Consistency is the name of the game. You can't be dressing like I don't know what the rest of the week. Then on Saturday, suits. <laughs> and then you want me to teach dress reform to the ladies whose cuts are short. By the way, men, do you know, at times maybe we are provoking the ladies with short skirts. They are dressing short because we are dressing wrong. So please, men, dress well, okay? Just dress well. At least, and, and also, wash yourself. <laughs> wash yourself! Please! No, I'm reading the text. Ah, no, no. Beloved, I, 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 want to finish, I want to finish the Bible study, but I'm reading the text. Wash yourself. And did you read what it said? Anoint thine self. Where is it called? Parara up all throughout like that. Please anoint yourself. Nowadays, these things are within reach. They're affordable. Get some roll-on, get some perfume. Please. No, we, uh, let, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you the context I am reading. And this is, this is Naomi talking. This is Naomi talking. And Naomi, it seems Naomi was giving uh, Ruth tips on how, on how to date. And Naomi says, listen, you have to wash. Get some roll-on, get some perfume. These things are affordable. And please, stop this thing of, Oh, accept me the way I am. No! We can't! No! No! Beloved, you can't live like that. You can't. You can't. And I think... No, if I'm stepping on your toes, I'm not apologetic. I'm about to go. I'm almost going. But nowadays, I feel like even in the church of God, you need to be reminded of basics. So please, at your... I, I, I keep it natural. Natural? <laughs> no, but then let me tell you something. There are some children of God whom even just staying around them is difficult for us. Difficult. <laughs> difficult. Basic hygiene. Basic. Basic hygiene. How can you be spiritually clean when you are physically dirty? Explain. <laughs> How? No, there are some things. Some things are basic. So please, children of God, Comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash yourself, anoint yourself with ointment, perfume yourself. There's nothing wrong. Even Daniel himself anointed himself. Are you better than Daniel? 
You, you are not even seeing big dreams. <laughs> and then you, you are here telling us you can't anoint. Ah. I, need, I need to slow down. I think I need to slow down. I've done more than one hour. I timed myself on the hour. But please, beloved, I, I'm just saying Christianity is a religion of more than just going to heaven. In heaven we will be clean. So please, let's practice about heaven when we are on earth. And, and that's why the messenger to the remnant says the outward appearance is an index of the inward. You, 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 you can't be telling us that, please, just look at my heart. Look at my heart. Don't focus on the outside. Hey, no. It's, it's God who sees the heart. As we can see the outside and we know what is in your heart. Now let me finish with this. And, 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 and listen, the woman advises that, uh, get thee down, go down to the floor. But make not yourself known to the man. Don't make yourself known to the man. Please, don't let your guards down too easily. The, the woman is advising, please, don't, don't do things that are not fine. And uh, Ruth chapter 3 verse 5, you know I am rushing. Ruth 3 verse 5 says, all that you have said unto me, I will do. Please, what the elderly say unto you, do. It will help you. The Bible says, she went down to the floor, did according to what the mother-in-law did. Boaz was merry. She went, sat at the feet of Boaz. Uh, but ladies, here I need to give you a warning. These daughters of uh, men, please listen, children of men. The, the, the men here are not like Boaz. Uh, we can't trust them with so many things. So don't sit at their feet. These ones, you just tell them, I sit at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> Yours, I can't. Tell them, wait, wait till we get married, I'll sit at your feet. But, but here, there was some symbolism that I want to go through, because I know some people say, oh, it was inspired. Didn't you hear what the preacher said, that a lady should sit on my feet? No. <laughs> Not your feet. This is the feet of Boaz. Are you called Boaz? Okay. If you're called Boaz, come, I will explain to you. Now, the Bible says, in verses 8 of, 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 of Ruth chapter 3, it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid. Finding, how many of you are afraid when they find a lady at their feet? And you're like, God, thank God. No, you must be afraid when you're a man of virtue and integrity. You're afraid when you find a lady at your feet. Hey, what have you come to do here? You should only be at the feet of Jesus, praising Jesus. But anyway, at the feet, then she asked, who art thou? She said, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Now you need to understand, and I am explaining a concept. This one I am not cutting short, because if I stop it here, you will not get the old gist. Now listen, the way they would propose in those days is that if a guy accepted you, the guy would spread his skirt over your feet like this. If, if, if it is not spread, just know. Please don't force us. If somebody has not accepted your application, accept that and move on. Go elsewhere. You don't have to insist here. So spread it at the feet and listen to what it says. Thou art a near kinsman. And she say, and he said, 
Blessed be thou, Lord God, my daughter, for you have shown me more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Insomuch as you did not follow the young men, whether poor or rich. Ladies, don't follow the rich and the poor. <laughs> you did not follow the young men, whether rich or poor. As in, you are looking for virtue. You are looking for something greater. Please, don't go around following riches. Riches have killed people. And listen, listen to this. The Bible says, And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Did you hear that? That everyone knows you are a lady of virtue. Mm, you didn't get it. Please, ladies, be women of virtue to the extent even when uh, a corrupt boy picks you, he knows you don't mess with a woman of virtue. The, the men of the city know you're a virtuous woman. You, you, you're not the kind who will get involved in premarital sex. You're a virtuous woman. You're not the kind who will get kids out of wedlock. You're a virtuous woman. You're not the kind sleeping around with men. You're a virtuous woman. You're not the kind who is doing all these things. You're a virtuous woman, and I like that. Testimony. Eh, men, I'm sharpshooting. Today I'm on both sides. So men, please, choose virtuous ladies. What did you do going to choose ladies who are just anything? Please, choose a lady whom even you, you say, hey, everyone knows you're a virtuous woman. <laughs> I know some of you are like, everyone knows. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine. How did you meet a lady whom everyone is scared about? Ah, in the morning, in the morning, time did not allow me to finish about Samson. Samson went to another place called Sorek. In the valley of Sorek, Samson got a lady called Delilah. A lady whose very name means devourer, destroyer. And who is your girlfriend? The destroyer. <laughs> How? <laughs> Look, here, Boaz says, you're a virtuous woman. But Samson's decision in the morning went to a lady who is the destroyer. This one has eaten men. Destroyed men. A preacher finish. You need to go. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> Listen, verses 12. Verse, I, 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 I like this. I like this. Boaz, Boaz is a man who is organized. Organized. No, not just overwhelmed by a virtuous woman. Boaz says, you're a virtuous woman. The men of the city know. And then the Bible says, and now it is true. I am your near kinsman, but there is one kinsman who is nearer than me. In other words, I know I am qualified, but there is someone who is more qualified. Hey, how many of you can do that? That please, I, I know, I know that I am a virtuous guy, but there's a guy who looks more qualified. Confirm that they are not interested first. That is tough. I know you're saying. <laughs> now listen to the verse in verse, in verse uh, th th this text I had to read for you. Ruth chapter 3 verse 14 says, And she lay at his feet until morning, and she rose up before one could know another. You, if a lady lay at your feet until morning, what will happen? And no, there is not about names, you know. When you read, Adam knew his wife Eve. 
But Adam is the one who called Eve. So when you read new in the Bible, use your spiritual antenna to know what it means. <laughs> Rose up before anyone could know another. What are we talking about? Exemplary fidelity in courtship. That's it. That is serious. I know. Wow. Went to the mother-in-law, told the mother-in-law. And in verse 18 of Ruth chapter 3, the mother-in-law said, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. That is called patience. Just because he proposed to you doesn't mean you are falling head seal over everything. Be patient. If it was meant for you, it will be yours. If it was not meant for you, it won't. You can force everything, it won't. But let me tell you, the Bible, as you continue, uh, the next day, Boaz called for a meeting of the elders. And when they called for a meeting of the elders, there was a near kinsman. That near kinsman was called. The near kinsman was asked, are you going to take this lady? If you go to Deuteronomy 25, 7 and 9, it says, if a man died before he got a child, the brother, the nearest kinsman, would get a child on his behalf, but the firstborn would be of the other one. So the firstborn will not be named after you, but will be named after your dead brother. So this near kinsman just thought, wait, the firstborn is not going to be mine. No, I am not. I resign. And then Boaz says, okay, take off your shoes. He took off his shoes. Boaz was given Ruth. And Boaz took Ruth. The Bible says in verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. Look at that. That is consistency. As in walking with the Lord, even in their courtship and everything. And I like this. And after he took Ruth to be his wife, then the Bible says, and he went in unto her, and the Lord gave conception, and she bare a son. It's the Lord who gives conception, and she bare her son. And when you continue reading now, the Bible says, Ruth, the son born of Ruth, was taken. They said, this child will be called Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now listen, Ruth gets into the fold for trusting in God. She made a decision. I, I like when God plays into the game. She said, your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Then God says, no, 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 you've trusted me too much. I'm not only making myself your God. I am even bringing the Savior of the world through your lineage directly because you've trusted in me. Let me tell you, God can take you serious when you make a decision for him. Please, in our lives everywhere, let's not disappoint God. It's all about decisions. You're going to face them. Be it at work, at class, in relationships, you are going to face decisions. Make the right decisions to the glory of God. Allow me to ask. Is there somebody who has been challenged by the afternoon message? This is a specific appeal. If there is such, stand up. Not everyone. Somebody you know you've been challenged by the message in the afternoon, stand up. Oh, please, this is not a general appeal, so please. No, I have to make it clear. I may even ask you to be rebaptized, so be careful. 
Be careful. Don't just stand up. You know, we, we are into this habit. And I've not said that if you sit down, you are less religious. It's only that you're thinking also. But you've been challenged. You know something that has challenged you about the afternoon message. Maybe there is an aspect of your life that has not been right. There are some challenges you're facing in life, but you're saying, God, this message has challenged me. And I want to think critically about my life. I want to think critically about my decisions. That's the person I'm talking to. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. With our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I'm making one last appeal. Is there somebody in the congregation who is saying, Lord, I have followed other gods, gone to Moab, but I'm seeing, Lord, there is bread in Bethlehem. I want to come back and I want to stay in Bethlehem till you bless me. If there's such a person, put up your hand. This is now very, very specific. You know how you left God and went to the gods of Moab. I don't know which gods of Moab you're talking about, but in your life, you know. And you're saying, God, I want to return, and I want to be faithful to the end. Put up your hand. I'm praying with someone. Lord, those uplifted hands are hands of commitment. Those uplifted hands are hands saying that, Lord, we have left Bethlehem, Judah, and gone seeking bread elsewhere. We thought that we were not being satisfied by the gospel in your fold. And we've gone seeking salvation elsewhere. But today we've heard you. And we want to come back home. These uplifted hands. God, I don't know the situations. There's somebody who maybe it's their relationship they are battling with. There's somebody maybe it's their academics they're battling with. There's somebody who is battling depression. There's somebody who is battling uh, several of life's issues, esteem issues. There's somebody battling an addiction. God, all these things, we have stretched our hands saying, your God will be our God. And you, Jehovah, Yahweh, you are going to be our God. We want to make that commitment. That's why you see these uplifted hands. God, apart from the ones who are making that specific commitment, I now pray for each and every one of us that, God, you may bless us. God, help us. While we've come short of your glory, be with us. Each and every one of us here represented, God, may you draw us closer to you. Let us serve you diligently and sincerely now and forevermore is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you all and the Lord keep you safe. And if you don't mind, you could release me the leadership. If you don't mind, you could release me almost immediately, seeing that uh, I have a small baby. I don't know that she's run out. She kept coming inside to inspect that I am fine, then go out. <laughs> yeah, I have a small baby, and uh, I would not want to keep her on the road so late in the night. So I may want to leave almost immediately. So if you don't mind, as if you had an option, but please. <laughs> Just say you don't mind. And may God bless you. Uh, I've loved the experience of being with you. And uh, please. If you don't get to meet, learn. It's all about decisions. Make the right decisions for Jesus. The best you can do for today's message is to live according to God's word. God bless you.